What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers, a weekly podcast that follows the hilarity and hardships of a group of world-hopping adventurers trying to save existence. The World Walkers have stepped foot on Obrimos, the world of shattered timelines. However, once they arrived, they discovered that their magic was unresponsive. Now, two individuals are waiting for them in the fields outside of their cave. What do these two want with the World Walkers? Find out in Season 3, Episode 39, Legacy. Bossa sticks her sneaky head out as well, very sneakily, and takes a peek at what Gunther's looking at. And then she kind of pulls back in and she's like, I don't like it. I don't remember seeing any of these creatures in Abrimos. They seem friendly. <laughs> Gunther begins I to trust friends hey. something friendly. No, hey. <laughs> Alright, how's it now going? The person's the, the the little creature that the, that's he's like, hi! The one next to him, arms folded, hasn't moved. <laughs> they look like you and me, except uglier. <laughs> <laughs> ten 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 uh, always recognizing a challenge and being I guess her usual tin self would see the arms crossed and she would also just like mimic the the pose and is just standing in the background not saying anything mm-hmm. or waving well waves and highs aside nothing says we have to interact with them let's go the other way and it's like when we look out past them at the, like the grassy span of field do we see any particular landmark that we could head towards any obvious city no it's actually pretty open and bare although there is a um, another collection of caves all the way at the da- at the bottom of the valley are they standing near that the opening? Nope, they're just sixty feet away from you guys. So you said one of them has the smaller one has the orb, an orb too, right? Just floating right next to him, yeah. Yeah. Would I would I be able to recognize that as a wizard or anything? I mean, it's translucent, floats next to him, so. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think one's magical. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm here, sent here. By the king of stories, the god of stories. These people look like they got a pretty interesting story to tell. No, we're not here to find stories. We're here to go on our story. Well, you ain't. Where are you gonna find another story? You wanna go back in the cave and look at the fungus some more? Well, there's some caves over there at the bottom of the valley. Why don't we head over there? You, you know what's in there? More well, fungus. Well, that's what we're gonna find out. Why don't we ask them? They might know the way to the grave. You didn't even know it was on this place. Gunther starts heading over there. You guys stay back here if you want. I'm going to go ask some questions. Yeah, boss across his arms and let's just let him go. Ask him how to get to... Uh, 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 I keep only thinking of Tresemme as the name, but it's not. <laughs> Tremessa? Tremessa. Because that's what we would be looking for, right? To get to Tremessa to get into the gray? or Oh, well, Tremessa's in the gray. Supposedly right now. Oh. Gunther begins walking over. Boss stands back. Let's walk. Roberto will follow. No, Roberto. Um, he's he's our little representative. Let him go by himself. He he's gonna if they kill if they attack him he's gonna die. He's tiny. I know that's the point. 
Oh. <laughs> Tin Tin makes a mental note that she can shoot them just fine from here. So well, actually, Ertlebee would reach over to Tin and ask, "Tin, is your gun working the way it normally does, like magic wise?" Uh, Tin kind of like maybe steps behind Vasa to hide, like her taking out her gun, and she's gonna fire. Isn't she, isn't she like two feet taller than Vasa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tiny tin, the tiny part of her name is ironic. I uh, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's not hiding behind anybody. They were bored. Jane, menace them, menace them so they look away. Yeah, distract them, Jane. <laughs> Need a distraction. Boss is just kind of looking off, being like, mm. "All right, so Gunther, you approach." Yep. Is the reporto coming too? Still, he's really slow. He's okay. behind you, but he's. Um, but the the smaller one kind of gives you a little nod and goes, Hi. Oh, good day, sir. I am Gunther. How are you today? I'm okay. What's your name and what you doing out here? I am the Brownie, and this is Like. Hi, Like. How's it going? Just nods. We were hoping to talk to all of you, particularly Vasa. Oh. <gasps> hey, Vasa, they know you. Vasa just kind of like her head's kind of when she's like she looks back and she's like, <laughs> yeah, she's over. She's just a much scared of people. I think she doesn't have the best social skills. I'm not <laughs> sure. Lies, like, I doubt she's scared. <laughs> Vasa's like she has a hand on a weapon. She's like, you know, like you know. So she she's she she's like she's rearing to draw a weapon if she has to, but she's not taking a step towards them. Would it be easier if I came over there? Yeah, it doesn't seem like she's going to come over to you much. Can you ask her? If I raise my voice, I think she might try to attack me. Oh, yeah. That's probably a safer bet. Now, Vasa, if he comes in close, you're going to be okay? Only the little one. Oh. I don't know. Sometimes the little ones, they pack a punch. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, (laughs) but a little one and a big one packs even more of a punch. I mean, you're right. You're right. (laughs) That's good. The other one doesn't seem too talkative. Like looks down and he says no. Oh. Stand off. <laughs> Tin just continues to try and I guess she was like fiddling with her gun for a second <laughs> and then she, she's like, oh right. I'm trying to be cool like this dude. So she just turns back around and it's like like, like says if that's Vasa then she'll understand. Tell her to look at the grass. Hey, Vasa, they say look at the grass. Vasa is very reluctant to take her eyes off this pair. And she kind of like takes a step back as if to, you know, put a little bit more ground between her and the 60 feet away people. Very quickly, she takes a look. She like, at first she's like, she doesn't even move her eyes. She's like, I looked at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what about it? You guys actually probably could (laughs) What about it? But do you eventually? Well, if the, if the other team doesn't respond, eventually she might take a, like a quick little eye dash at the grass, and then she kind of she like stares at the team a little bit, and then for a few seconds she looks back at the grass three seconds longer. What's the grass say, Vasa? <laughs> Listen to the grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mighty God. <laughs> what does the grass say? <laughs> and then this, and 
at this point. Uh, suddenly, suddenly, Vasa, like, finally, like, she kind of, you see the subtle change in her expression. And she turns her head completely and stares at the grass and then looks up around at the rest of the valley and then slowly up at the sky. And then she finally looks back at the two of those people standing from afar. And she says, I see what you want me to see. What do you have to say? We need to talk about a lot of stuff. How do I know I can trust you? And uh, like speaks up at this point and goes, the classic dilemma, you don't, but you need to. You've got a point. That's a classic one. I've read it before. If you need to speak to me, then you must need me as much as I supposedly need you. And uh, like again speaks to him and goes, false. Well, Vasa's a little pissy right now. Um, <laughs> the one that called himself the brownie puts his hand and goes, mm, mm, that's not going to work. <laughs> and he, he, at this point, he's done. He, take, he starts walking forward and he goes, here's the problem. The last time you were here, you ripped a city out of the gray and you kind of changed a lot about Obrimos. And I didn't know you were here. That wasn't I, me. Hmm. Is that how you're handling it? That's that's fine. Um, but regardless, now that you're here, things are a lot different. I can't let you do whatever it is you're going to do. We need to have a long talk about a lot of things. And... If you're here to make sure we go no further then we're not going to get along. Let me explain to you what this is. And he points to the orb over his shoulder. This is the orb of Crinificus. If you haven't heard of it before, let me explain what it is. It controls all of time. Okay. There... I don't know if that's sunk in yet. I'm. Do you want me to be impressed and cowed no, by that? I just no, no, no. More that I just want you to understand that, like, I'm talking to you to help you understand what's going on, but I kind of want to make sure that you know that, like, I'm not here with an end game where I'm going to ask you for a favor or talk to you or anything like that about, like a back and forth. I just need you to understand what's going to happen and I really want you to understand why at the end of this I'm going to do the things I have to do. So That sounds with, vaguely threatening. <laughs> uh, with all that said I want to let you know a couple things. And The first thing I have to let you know there's not going to be any more time travel adventures sorry about that unlocking Tremessa was a really big deal it's created a whole new civilization and for the most part it actually worked out pretty well so like I'm not mad but when I took this job on 
I promised no is, time. Is he standing in front of Vasa right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did Light come with her, him? Yeah, yeah. Eventually. At first he didn't, then he started walking towards so. so, it worked out pretty well, but I promised when I took this job that, like, no time altering. So, I kind of screwed up on this one. But, we need to talk about what's happened. I need to explain why I'm breaking your timelines. And mostly what I want to do is I want to talk about Brummelstone. What? Okay. What about Brummelstone? So. <clears throat> and he looks and he says, he points at um, report and he goes, you're his brother, right? Okay. And then obviously I know you, Vasa. When he's pointing at Ertleby, I don't, I don't know you. She nods back. Wary. And I want to? She squints her eyes and nods again. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so can I? She's she nods a third time. <laughs> this is harder than I thought. Should I come back to you? She nods. <laughs> okay. Uh, he goes over to Tin. Points at you. What? Just points at me? Yeah. I just cross my arms and stare mm. at him. need to know what breaking your timelines means because that doesn't sound good. Brummelstone is trying really hard to put things back together and he's it's not going he's not going to be able to do everything right. And so if you were to get back into the present you would shatter wouldn't work. He can't get everything right. As hard as he's trying, he can't get everything right. So if I shatter your timeline, if I break your timeline, then you'll be immune from the effects of incorrect or uh, bad timeline, uh, bad time travel. So you're going to you're going to destroy the lives and the worlds that we know so that no. we'll be immune to the fact that they won't, there will be inconsistencies in the present? No. No. Ish. But you just said that you didn't want us to time travel, but then you're also breaking our timeline so that we could travel, so we prevent any negative thing. Tim I'm going like to let you go back to the present to as is. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait, us as is or the world as is? As in, we remember the worlds we came from, but the yep. world we're entering will be the new world caused by Brummelstone's actions. Yes. And the side effect being that every world that we came from no longer exists. People we've known might not exist. Families we might have might not exist. Might never have existed. 
It's a literature. No, no, you'll still have your families and stuff like that too. I'm gonna try to keep. It's gonna. Here's the problem. You. It's gonna be very hard to understand, but you and your histories will still exist, even though it might not make complete sense. Because I'm going to have to essentially adhesive strip all this together. Okay, so you're saying that Rumblestone can't do everything. Um, so when you put us in the future or the present, our present, Tin starts mumbling to herself again. <laughs> Maybe it's best if I tell you about Brummelstone. Yes. And he kind of starts to kind of walk and talk as he says this, and he goes, um, it's most important to understand that Brummelstone is a child of Ubrimos. Brummelstone understands time in a unique way. Brummelstone left you all moments ago, as far as you understand time, right? Mm-hmm. So, here's what happened. And as he talks, you get to see what happened, too. As he talks, sand starts to shift and build and then create visions all around you so you can see what is happening. So here's what you see. He says, Brummelstone attempted to help finish the Tower of Trials once Tompkins, is that his name? The architect? Mm-hmm. Once uh, Tompkins left Rolanus, Brummelstone attempted to stay behind and help build the Tower of Trials. If you didn't know, that tower was home to a powerful artifact that grants the wishes of anyone that can come in contact with that artifact. It was known as a wishing well. And then you watch as Brummelstone starts talking with the construction workers and with the Guardian of Rolanus and kind of looking over plants, talking about it, kind of theorizing. And you can watch as like the scene shifts back and forth from like him talking to the Guardian to him working with the construction workers to drafting up plans. And then he explains the problem is Brummelstone made a choice a while ago. He sacrificed his arcane knowledge for the power to summon. And in this particular situation, that power came at a cost because the wizard's path would have been far better for this particular pursuit. Three years of work and study passed. And then after he says that, you watch as these large giants made of iron, uh, led by a particularly uh, fearsome one with swords covering its back, march on the tower, destroy the tower, and then you watch as that last one, that leader, picks up the wishing well and starts to cackle into the sky. And he explains, their leader, Melkor, took the tower, made a wish, and altered the face of Rolanus forever.
After the fall of the Tower of Trials, Brummelstone spoke to the Guardian and their elder spirits. And you can watch as the Guardian kind of like punches into the ground and these different elder spirits rip out of the earth. And Brummelstone pleads, warns all of them of what's to come in full. From there, Brummelstone bid farewell and traveled west until he found his way to the Valley of the Stars, where he spread the story of those who could walk between the worlds of the waking and the world of the dreams. He spent years teaching the Quintel that lived there the secrets of lucid dreaming, until one day he revealed that he also knew their secret, that they could walk between worlds. He stayed with them for years, learning about the other worlds in existence and developing a strategy. And you watch as he's in the Valley of the Stars, and there's like, it's beautiful. It's almost, even during the day, you can see the stars. And it's this beautiful canopy of vegetation. And there's a small cave you can always see in the distance. And then the sands kind of shift. And then it's a nighttime scene. There's a big campfire. All the Quintel are there. And the Brownie explains, finally, it was time for Brummelstone to leave. He left the Quintel with his final words. Dream of better, then walk towards it. And with that, they watched him walk into an empty cave known as the Cavern of Stars. And he never came out of him. Brummelstone wandered into the Cavern of Stars until he found himself on Stardust. He had somehow managed to do what even the Quintel couldn't. He walked into the rounds until he found himself on a branch of the Dreaming Tree itself. He made his way to the base of the tree and found himself in the middle of a wondrous place that held the aesthetic of a village but knew no limits in terms of space. And then he was led to Absissimus. That's a name that none of you had ever heard of. But in this vision, as the sands shift and you see this kind of beautiful, like, nighttime village with the Dreaming Tree, which you have all seen, so you do kind of recognize this place. When you see Absissimus, you see this figure with a cloak made of midnight stars and you it must be whoever was before Patch. I know him. <laughs> there, Brummelstone explained everything. He made it clear that he intended to create schools on every world. However, the King of Dreams explained that this wouldn't necessarily be possible for certain worlds. Sanctuary for instance, couldn't be reached through normal means, and Menroth was protected by the History Keepers and couldn't be altered by time travelers. Other worlds, such as Athos and Phelan, had fates that were sealed by the Kronos, and altering their destinies would alter the fates of the Core years from now. Only five worlds in the end could be protected. Brummelstone didn't like this, but seemed to settle. Now, when you all watch Brummelstone accept this, there's not one of you in the group except for Gunther that fucking believes that he's ready to settle for this truth. You all see him say, like, nod that he's going to believe this. None of you believe that he's going to settle. When their time was done, Brummelstone stood and then revealed the final part of his plan. 
he looked at the king of dreams and told him, First, the king of dreams will need to scour the plains for a quintel named Tompkins. And he told the king of dreams, Give Tompkins his life. But near the end of it, the king of dreams will need to bring him here and request that he build a grand city named Mercurius. After that, let Tompkins go, Brummelstone said. Once that's done, hopefully years later, Brummelstone said, Come for me. At the end of my life, find me and bring me here. Take my memories, and years from now, when the nightmares come and the shards of stardust are scattered across the plains, make sure whoever holds your power hides them deep within the most important moments of my life. One day my friends will find me in the walls of Mercurius. I'll be old, frail, weak. I won't remember them, but I'll be what they need. I'll be the dreams that help them walk. I'll be their stone. With that, he left Stardust. Ah! Brummelstone began establishing the Dreamwalkers, guilds across the plains that began preparing people for the nightmares. He established a, a school first on Obrimos. He prepared it near West Haven the largest uh, kingdom most west and furthest away mysteriously from the city where he would eventually bring Roberto to life. Then he traveled to Cog. He established the Dreamwalkers in the Mage Kingdom of Kadim. Mm. Next, he traveled to Rolanus, where he was surprised to see the Quintel had already established a school in the Valley of the Stars. From there, he traveled to a dangerous world known as Inovasa, one where he constantly had to watch his back and barely made it out alive. He left feeling confident that he established the school in a city called Orso, the City of the Sea. And as you watch that flashback, you watch that there seems to be like a criminal element in every moment of his travels there. Brummelstone finally made his way to Pasmos, where he was able to establish the Dreamwalkers easily in the Northern Kingdom, home of the North Gate, the safest place in all of the world at the time. And you watch as he's in a grand throne room, and there are three different seals on this huge stone wall. And even though you don't speak the language and you've never seen it before, there's no mistaking that one seal is divine, one seal is arcane, and one seal is na uh, nature in uh, origin. With the schools established, Brummelstone began world walking, setting off on grand adventures. And then you get to see moments of his life here. He fought a delicate balance between preserving the sanctity of time and doing what was right. And at that point, the brownie looks at you and goes, at first. And he kind of just gives you like an eye roll. <laughs> it didn't take long before his sense of justice prevailed. And he began getting involved in 
all the moments of the multiverse he could. And then the scenes start to shift, the sands fall apart and rebuild, and you see these moments build before you. He battled krakens off the jagged coast on Obrimos, and you watch as Brummelstone's on a boat, and he has his hands raised, and Kilrum's behind him, holding him, trying to keep him secure, as there's multiple krakens crashing a ship that he's barely able to survive on and in the sands fall apart. He stormed Melkor's castle and brought the might of Kilrum against the Iron Giants back on Rolanus. Once, he even challenged Elthenius, a being of shadow on Cog that even the darkness of Carmack won't approach. He lived a long life full of adventures. Then, one day, while he walked the world of Obrimos, Someone burst into a tavern he was drinking at. They begged for his help, because some terrible beast, a creature as tall as a mountain, had ripped out of the countryside and began destroying everything in its path. Brummelstone was confused, and you can see him. He's at the tavern, and as the person's telling him, he's absolutely baffled, and he stops, and he ponders, and he thinks about it. And then you can see this realization hit his face as he realizes what year it was. It was the year that the World Ender had emerged on Obrimos, as it did every thousand years. And it was stopped by a powerful hero that year. It was stopped by a dwarf. With one last swig of his beer, Brummelstone stood up and realized what he had to do. He stands up and with... Honestly, it would be great if he could stand up without a moment's hesitation, that's not the way it works. He stands up and realizes what this is going to mean and then does it anyway. And then the brownie looks at you and you see Brummelstone frozen in a moment of time. Like he's just finished his ale. He's ready to leave. And the brownie takes a step forward and he says, Brummelstone had a plan. He told the king of dreams to be ready for him. Bring him to Stardust so that one day he could be there for his friends, for his brother. He spent his life preparing, believing he knew what needed to be done. Instead, he gave his life that day to save Obrimos. He believed he would live past the age of 400, giving his mind so that his friends, his family, would be able to use his life to better their own. Instead, he lived to the age of 108, unable to be of use to the dreaming tree or to any of you. The brownie looks devastated to tell you that news. Or so he thought. The nightmares came for the dreaming tree. And with that, the sands burst apart and they rebuild and you can see you're back in stardust. The dreaming tree is is in front of you again and you can see Patch and he's staring into the sky as the nightmares are exploding out of the sky, ripping themselves down. And you realize you're watching the day the nightmares came to take Stardust. When they did, Patch was ready. Patch summoned the Dreamwalkers across the plains. The Dreamwalkers from Brumblestone schools, each of them standing side by side with Patch on Stardust 
began to shine as bright as the shards themselves would have been. Together, each one of them was a star in the sky. Each one drove the nightmares out of Stardust, keeping the Dreaming Tree completely safe. Stardust shines forevermore to this day, my friends, protected by the stars that still hang in the skies above, each one a different world walker. The nightmares are still here, of course. They, they travel the worlds, disrupting dreams and causing chaos. But the dreamwalkers protect the worlds. Because of them, because of Brummelstone, because of you and everything that came before, the waking and the dreaming worlds will be safe. And because of Brummelstone's efforts, your story is now yours to make as you see fit now. Vasa blurts out, we won. <laughs> GG guys. What do you mean? <laughs> the brownie looks confused. What do you I don't mean? Rap. Vasa, Vasa says you you just said that the nightmares, even if they exist, they will not take over as as we feared, as we fought for. That the Brahmostone, <laughs> though he gave his life earlier than anticipated, he he set into motion an unshakable protection of, of the dreaming world and the waking. That, that there's nothing left for us to fight, that the worlds are safe. The nightmares may exist, but they will never take over. They will no longer consume as, as they threatened to do when we fought. Is that what you're saying? He just kind of shrugs. I, is this different than before? I don't understand. Is this, this has already happened. Like all of this, we just left Rolanes. Rel- just this is the person with like complete control of time, right? Yeah. So this is what will happen. This is. I came from the present back in time to tell you guys this. Okay, so. So we won. Brummelstone yeah. did it. I, I, I mean, I guess. So we can... I have a bit of a disadvantage here in that I have complete control over all of time on Obrimos. There's aspects of this story I can't see. So... Like, I can't see the multiple timelines that exist off of this world. So, like, I can see Obrimos, but, like... But you just said that because the, the the dreamwalkers were from multiple worlds, they protect the waking and the living in yeah, their yeah. respective worlds. Is that not normal? Vasa is just like, we won. And like, ha, like looks at you and he says, I need to explain something to you that part of the reason, do you mind? And the brownie goes... Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And he walks away. <laughs> and um, once the brownie's far enough away, he says, you need to understand part of the reason that the brownie was chosen for this task is he does not have the greed and he definitely has the naivety necessary to not always understand what's going on. It sounds like your friend managed to greatly change time. 
for the better to avert a, a t- catastrophe that was conf- consuming all minds. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. The brownie's not going to understand all of that. That's why he is the holder of the orb. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay. So how do we leave everything exactly as it is right now? It's already done. Once he breaks your timelines, you will be safe from the changes. So we will remember what we will remember what was. You'll remember everything, yes, but you'll benefit from everything that happened. So our fight is over. You're free to do what you want. No, no, I don't. I don't. Roberto is very, very anxious. Is very feeling very. Well, well Vasa looks over at Bordo and it's like, and it's, it's like, can't really believe. It's like, no, Roberto, what, what are you upset about? Bromostone was a hero. I don't believe. Any and of at this. this point, this is where I need to leave you because one of the things that we do, our only job is to be the custodian of the orb. So we keep ourselves completely divorced as much as possible. So you're here just to send us back to the world that Bromostone created. Yes, I can't know anymore. Talk amongst yourselves and let us know when you're ready. Yep. Yeah. Vasa. Vasa's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he says, and "And I apologize for any of the stress that that occurred earlier. And he walks away. He's like, he's like, Roberto, Bromostone did it. Your brother saved all of existence. But he's gone. And then Vasa, like, for a moment, like, there's like this, this stab of realization through her, like, elation. And she's like, and, and then she, she like, she kind of like, her, she takes a deep breath. And then she says, like, yes. Roberto's just quiet for a long time. Um, and, <laughs> It just, and he says verbally, like, it just, I don't, like, how can we trust these people? We don't know who they are. We don't, like, they're very, they seem to be very good with this kind of visual hologram magic, but how can we take anything that they say at face value? How do we know they're telling the truth? How do we know that they're not just part of the dream, or part of the nightmare? They're just nightmares that are trying to, um prevent us from continuing our journey like how how can we trust them at all like we don't know who they are they seem to know us they seem to know you Vasa with great detail which they have not explained or maybe they did explain but it just it's not enough it's not good enough and Vasa looks really really um, troubled by this because that's the last thing she wants to consider right now. Like she really, really, really wants to believe that the story woven before her was true. That Bromostone succeeded. That their fight is over. That he had a he had a heroic impact on the universe. Um, but a part of her is like looking at Robordo, and it's kind of like doubt creeps in, and she looks so crushed by the fact that there, this could not be true. That this this might be all an illusion. And she says, like, I, I don't know. I think I want to believe as much that, Rob- that Brummelstone 
gave his life to be the hero he always wanted to be just as much as you don't want to believe them because you don't want to accept that Brummelstone is gone. But that's the thing, Roberto, if if what they're saying is true, Brummelstone's not gone. On every world, there's a guild fathered by Brummelstone. Every day that exists is because Brummelstone breathed his soul into time and changed it for the better. I mean, the very world we could be returning to will be evidence that Bromostone was so great and so good. He did what he promised us. And I want that to be true so badly. That is the best possible outcome. But again, just need some kind of proof. I mean... I don't know what, you know, like, I don't know who these people are, and we don't know who what their motivations are and And the brownie walks back over at that point he says you say you need proof yes well and you watch as the grass kind of starts to sway and then it rapidly sways and then suddenly you can see the village of Hovarth down there the same one that you saw when you first got here and I mean obviously you know it Reward uh, so he says, Where can I take you on Obrimos that would show you? Can I take you to the Dreamwalkers? Yes, sure. Then, all right, well, I don't really have teleportation powers, but I can get you there quickly. <laughs> I define quickly. Walk with me? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right, and as you guys, <laughs> you guys all walking? Mm-hmm. It's like in a, it just in like a half a second. Oh. Just he speeds up time so that you're there already. I'm exhausted. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and within a second, you just feel yourselves whisked off, and we'll we'll stop there. Thanks for listening to Season 3, Episode 39, Legacy. This episode is one I've been waiting to reveal for some time now, as it's a very special one to me. A while ago, as a special thanks, I asked members of our Patreon if they would like to create characters for an adventuring guild that would one day show up in the World Walkers universe. Either through text or video chat, we worked together to create members of this guild, and finally I'm able to reveal what this was all about with this episode. As you found out, the name of the adventuring guild is the Dreamwalkers. They were established by Bromelstone to protect the world of the dreaming and the waking. And when the nightmares came for Stardust, the Dreamwalkers were brought to the Dreaming Tree. Their presence put stars in the skies above Stardust, protecting the dreams of the multiverse and Stardust from the nightmares. You, the patrons, are the stars above the Dreaming Tree, keeping Stardust safe. You're what made this podcast possible, and I'm so happy to finally reveal the rest of the story to you. Thank you for being patient. 
I want to thank Kevin McLeod, whose website and Competech.com is where a lot of the music from this episode comes from. I also want to thank Raphael Crux, Alexander Nakarada, and Shane Ivers as well for their music. You can find Raphael and Alexander's music at freepd.com, and you can find Shane's music at silvermansound.com. I also want to thank Sirenscape for providing sound effects. You can find them at sirenscape.com. 